0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Rose 1 through 10. This is episode 132, Um, a little off-season for the NASCAR and World Outlaws, but race season is still here nonetheless. We got late model stuff to talk about um, and preview. Travis and I will both be in South Carolina this weekend, and we've got a special guest on the line here. Um, A little something different than we've done before, um, but we've got the monster truck driver of the great clips warrior mohawk warrior foundation monster truck uh bryce Kenny on the line so yeah bryce appreciate you jumping on here and yeah this should be a fun discussion man I, uh, i'm excited to have something a little different on here than a, than a race car driver
1: yeah, well, I, I appreciate you having me on, and you absolutely butchered my truck name, so that's a great, great start to our conversation. <laughs> Thanks. I always think it's the Great Clips Mohawk Warrior, but thank you. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, that's nah, it's, it's a new world for us, like he said. So uh,
2: yeah, yeah. The, yeah but like, yeah, I was I was just uh, reading up on it too, man. But yeah, I've, I've been looking forward to this, man. It's, it's it's I'm super interested to get to talk to you and just get to learn more about the the monster jam world and how you got uh where how you got where you are it's kind of like how you get into that and then um you also have your book uh geared for life making the shift into your full potential that i believe just released a a few weeks ago um so we're definitely going to ask you about that and and uh wherever the discussion takes us man we're we're super excited to do it but um but yeah i guess let's let's uh Let's start there and kind of like roll into it a little bit. Cause I'm just like, how, how does one become a monster truck driver? <laughs> like how, like, where does that start? Like, what is like the pathway? Is there like, is it like with NASCAR, how you have like late models and then Xfinity? Is there like a developmental series to get to yeah. to monster jam? Kind of like, how does, how do you, how do you rise into that? How does that, that pathway start?
1: Yeah. And it's kind of funny cause we're monster jams kind of the land of misfit toys. I like to say because most of us we have some other background that we started in and we either didn't make it there or maybe we aged out of it. You know, there's a lot of Supercross riders and stuff like that that end up going into Monster Jam because with age comes a cage, as they like to say. Um, I was I came out of professional drag racing, so my that was my dream, that was my baby. I mean, every waking moment of my life was spent thinking about uh, b- uh, driving a top fuel dragster. Uh, my family was in drag racing. I grew up on a, a local drag strip as well. And at 13, my grandfather bought a top fuel car. So those are the, the big, you know, 300 mile an hour long skinny ones that go you know, 300 mile an hour in four seconds. And I I was obsessed with it. So I will admit to you guys. Now, I shouldn't say this at the very beginning of this podcast because it might make people turn it off. But hang on, because I've got a lot of opinions on NASCAR. But I'm going to admit something to you guys. I've never even been to a NASCAR race. Like, that's terrible. I know. <laughs> and I don't want to hey, we gotta get that. you to one. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I've got a buddy because uh, so he the the guy that got me in, which is your question. I'll, I'll tell that, that story here in just a second. But his name is Morgan Kane. Now, he was one of the gravedigger drivers. And during COVID, he, he lost his ride like like most Monster Jam guys did. And when they called him back to come back, he said, no, thank you. And actually went. And now he's with Penske. So he's one of the big marketing guys, sponsorship guys, running a bunch of the big contracts at Penske. And so he kind of goes between NASCAR and um, uh, and IndyCar for Penske. But I, uh, Morgan and I, we are the ones that have a business brain when it comes to motorsports. And quite honestly, I think it was a lot of it, like he grew up around the Anderson family that started Gravedigger. And then I hosted him. On his soccer recruiting trip to Campbell University. <laughs> That's how I met him. And the fighting I, camels, by the yeah, way. I just go, found that Gaylord. out a couple weekends ago. <laughs> Gaylord, Gaylord, the Fighting Camel. That's the official mascot's name. Um
2: I just found that out a couple weeks ago. So the fact you yes. said that I had
1: to mention that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh strike we we were striking fear into the hearts of every school. We got off the bus to go and play soccer. <laughs> um yeah, a bunch of gay lords getting off the buses. So we so I'm I'm I met him, I hosted him. I got injured that season. He ended up going to Campbell, but we we never actually officially played together. We just hit it off, man. We were buddies. And then I left Campbell and actually got to drive a top fuel car. So I was doing that in professional drag racing for a couple of years. Uh that was our last great recession. So I'm getting my teeth kicked in going into these corporate boardrooms asking for three million bucks to sponsor me. And uh I, I kept getting told no. In fact, one company said. Bryce, I just laid off 500 people. Like, how am I supposed to give you a dime for to put my company on your race car? And I was kind of like, well, that's a good point. So, so we kind of moved on, right? So, um, but but that's that was a a a big moment for me of where I said, man, I I failed at that dream of pursuing that. That's when Morgan Kane, who I just mentioned that I met at Campbell, uh, called me and he said, man, you need to talk to Monster Jam. And guys, I was like, I don't know, man, my whole heart, my, my life has been, been drag racing. I don't, I don't, I don't know that I I had never even been to a monster jam event, by the way, I didn't grow up loving monster trucks. I didn't even grow up owning them. You know, my son has a bin in there in his room where there's probably 55 little die cast monster trucks in it. I don't, I don't remember ever owning a monster truck. But I did have all the dragsters and stuff like that. But anyway, long story short, um, well, I guess long story long, Morgan finally called me. He introduced me to Monster Jam. Monster Jam said, Hey, look, you know, you we're we're right now we're we're trying to diversify our driver profile. Like we have a lot of, you know, white males, uh, and we would like so a couple of non-white males. <laughs> so like to show a little bit of diversity in our driver pool. So we wanna like like we appreciate it. You're on you're in our you're on our list, and if it's ever good we'll call you. Well, it it took them four years to call me back and I had moved on. I forgot about them. I honestly, guys, I didn't really care if they called me or not. They called me four years later. I was in my corporate job. They said, Hey, timing's better for us. Would you want to come up and test a truck at Monster Jam University? And that's where everything happens. So you go up there, you test, you, you do media work. You kind of, it's, it's really an audition. Where is that at? It's in Paxton, Illinois. It's just – that's probably an hour, I want to say, maybe not quite an hour outside of Champaign. Okay. So – and it's it's literally the backyard of Tom Mintz. If anyone knows Monster Jam, Tom Mintz drives Max D, and he – this is his farewell tour going into this year. He's been driving for over 30 years. The guy is a stud. He's also, like, very concussed, (laughs) like – you meet him in the pit area and you're, you're like, it can, is he looking at me or not? not He's just been in a lot of controlled crashes guys in his career. Yeah. Um, But he's the guy on the headset. And so you go up to the, and it's in, and the the test facility is in Tom Mintz's backyard essentially, but it's a full on monster jam shop, multiple chassis, real track, everything. Um, And that's where they practice all their stunts now um, for, for the sport. But uh, but that's where you go up and test and see how you do. And they auditioned. I want to say the year I auditioned, they were doing three three uh, drivers a week. And that's probably for 25. So I think they were trying to get 100 people auditioned in hopes of having about 15 to 20 backups. And then that just it ended up, my audition went really well and it just snowballed from there. That was eight years ago. And I've been full time with the company for the, for the past seven. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, you're there doing it now and
2: it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. Uh, so that, and that's where we'd, we'd like to ask more, I'd say about the, just like, so what, so what's it like in that moment at, you know, driving the monster truck? Is it like, is it scary? Is it like, I don't even want to say like, is it like, I mean, obviously no motorsport is quote unquote safe, but is it like Mm a, uh, a super dangerous motorsport. just kind of like, what's it like, you know, yeah. week to week with that series and being a part of that sport?
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, so week to week, I, there's actually two questions there and I want to answer both of them. The first one being what's it like week to week? It's exhausting in terms of the, the work that we do in monster jam for the fans, but I, I, I wouldn't change it to, for anything. You know, one of the criticisms I, I have of NASCAR is that the drivers are not accessible. Like they're not. Yeah. You can't, you're so, not gonna get you're not gonna get autographs. Morgan Kane, uh, well, I don't want to tell on him. He tells me all these stories and conversations he has with their drivers, like regarding autographs and like how hard it is to get them to autograph stuff for people. And I'm like, what? That like, like Penske Racing, put it this way, Morgan Kane was sitting in an office with all these big marketing and, and sponsorship guys that work at Penske. And they were talking about the number of autographs these guys do a year and uh, they asked morgan they said oh, hey when you were driving Gravedigger, how many autographs do you think you would do in a weekend and he looked at them he was like i don't know probably about 2000 2500 they said no in a weekend he said yeah in a weekend and like they were like what the, like that that he, they basically admitted they were like that's about a whole year for one of our drivers that's my wow. criticism it's like if i had a criticism of, of nascar and, and it's not them as individuals it's the expectation of the sport. And I'm going these guys are getting paid millions of dollars like sign the freaking autographs, you know? Like be more accessible to these fans. It's going to change the sport, but they got so big through the 90s and 2000s that they just lost touch with with uh with the fans being the employers. Yep. The fans are your employer. If you're a driver of any motorsport, you are not employed by Penske. I am not employed by Monster Jam even though they sign my checks. You know, you get the point. Even though Great Clips is a huge sponsor of mine, um, you know they they don't they don't sign. You know, it, it's my it's the fans, and if the fans turn on me, then that's like my employer's turning on me and firing me. But 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 NASCAR drivers don't quite look at it that way. So, but I am exhausted because we do four hour pit parties every before every single Saturday night event, and by the time I get up in, in my truck, guys, I'm like belted in, sitting against my belts, like hanging against my belts. Nearly falling asleep before the anthem starts because I, I've just I put want, everything I, I've had into that. What's what's that? Go ahead. Sorry.
2: I, I did I did want to piggyback off that what we were talking about real quick there though and say so like NASCAR like is obviously like you know the fans going to races is like a huge part of it, but um is is Monster Jam more um I guess compared to other sports and other motorsports in particular like more centered around like a spectator sport than like a tv sport because like i'll be honest like i see it on tv sometimes but like most weeks i don't even know like where to watch monster jam like do you guys like prioritize like you know broadcasting on like television a lot or is it just all about like uh fan experience like
1: at the at the race like that kind of thing I think, the so it used to have a ton of TV coverage and it was always, it was always on weird stuff like USA Network or, you know, our last one, where was our last one? Our last one that, that it was like the, you know, we did FS1 there for a while. Uh, I want to say that was 2020 and 2021. So I commentated as well uh, when it was on FS1 and I really liked it. Um, and then it went to uh, NBC Sports and Peacock. Uh, and then it went to CNBC. <laughs> and I was like, so what? We're like talking about stocks, you know, for five minutes and then, you know, one hour. And then all of a sudden Monster Jam comes on. So that was weird. But I, I will say Monster Jam, the good thing about them is they they are able to pivot better than any other motorsport out there. They're owned by a group called Feld Entertainment, F-E-L-D. Feld owns Disney on Ice. They own uh, Supercross. They, they're the ones that are relaunching the circus right now. If anyone's seen that the circus is coming back, that's Feld. They also own Monster Jam, so they do really more... coming back. Yes, yeah, Ringling Brothers. Yeah, it's animal wow. free though. Yeah. And that's what I... I did not know that. Yeah, like... everyone's Uh-oh. like, "What's an animal free circus?" That's not yeah. a circus. Yeah. So, anyway, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's the same company. So they do a ton of live events, probably the most in the world. I think I think there might be second. I want to say the NFL is the only one that sells more live tickets than them. Uh, But they, you know, sell more tickets than Taylor Swift and all that stuff. So they, they're the magic on that, but they understand streaming. And that's the big thing. Like they, they, they were talking about, you know, streaming live and, and working that out with, you know, discovery channel or something like that for the last five, you know, five years ago, before all the apps and stuff like that started popping up monster jam was on it, but it's because Feld, man, they, they have a lot of resources, but they own everything. So imagine if NASCAR owned the drivers, the crew, the cars, everything they NASCAR was the one to go out and get the sponsors everything all housed internally that's how Feld Entertainment works for Monster Jam so that's why you wow. see more, that's insane. That's why, yeah that's why you see more brands like grave digger el toro loco megalodon these big themes and then even my truck mohawk warrior we attached great clips to mohawk warrior and it was already an existing brand but you you realize grave digger is a brand that does over a hundred million dollars in merchandise alone that's one brand for them so that's yeah. the power that's the power of branding and they get it they got it yeah no, that's awesome That's very
0: interesting insight i love it i appreciate that and uh you you mentioned you you uh grew up you wanted to be a top fuel dragster uh driver um and, and when you uh we're in the monster trucks you had those worlds kind of collide a couple of years ago when you were able to set the Guinness world record, um, for the fastest monster truck run, um, at over a hundred miles an hour. So just kind of tell us how that came about and, and what you thought about that.
1: So everyone always said, well, no one's ever taken a truck, a hundred mile, a monster truck that weighs 12,000 pounds to triple digits. And I said, yeah, well, no one's ever crashed one at a hundred miles an hour either. (laughs) like we don't we we don't know how a monster jam truck was going to react to that type of speed because at 100 miles an hour on asphalt like it could literally vibrate itself apart. And so when we were trying we could not break the record. I think the record was like 98 point something um when we went out to set it and maybe 991. Anyway, I think it was 991. And we could not get up above that 99.1. and our goal was to, our goal was actually to hit like 105 And we were in Florida in June and which is the worst time in the world to go to Florida for anything, the humidity number. So if anyone like really knows horsepower, the, the, uh, water per square inch, I think it was, is the number, right? The water grains in the air. Mm -hmm. It was over 120, which basically means it was raining, but that was just humidity. And so humidity, obviously, if you guys are engine guys, like it's, you know, that's an, that's a, uh, you know, it robs horsepower because the engine basically can't breathe in oxygen because there's so much water in the air, right? It's less oxygen for the motor to pull in and make that kind of power. And that was what was happening. Our supercharger, our blower, we just were not getting the the blower to be able to push and and actually create the uh horsepower to go triple digits. So we came up with a plan and I was sitting there with our engine builder looking at all the data, and that's where my background in drag racing came in because. Man, I spent every chance I could sitting in our race rig growing up. And I was 15 years old, I was our clutch guy on a top fuel car, pulling 1500 degree um, you know, clutch discs out of our top fuel engine to go back and make another pass. And and I loved it though. I was sitting in the rig and I'd look at the race pack data with my uncle who was our crew chief and he'd be looking at everything, right? Drive shaft speed, all the timings, all the sensors, all everything. And, uh, and I was studying all that. So when I was sitting in the rig for the Guinness world record run, we don't have all the same sensors that we got on the top fuel car, but I remember looking at that. I was looking at, at not only just the RPM and the blower speed and something that we kind of used as a drive shaft speed, but I was looking at all that with our engine builder. I said, what if we do this, this, and this, and he kind of looked back at me. I think he was surprised that I, I knew what I was talking about because, you know, I mean, it's n- none of us, I don't go after a monster jam event. I'm not looking at race pack data. But all of a sudden, he looked at me. He was like, "Actually, that might work." And we went out there, and uh, that's that was our record-breaking run. So we came up with a plan, and I don't, I do not want to make it sound like I'm I'm like the uh, a megamind <laughs> or something on it, but uh, because there were so many guys behind the scenes that that put that together, it was just we could not break it. And they were trying to make me drive it a certain way, and they said, "Bryce, we got we're running out of time, man. Like we got to do something." And I yelled out of the cockpit to him because remember, it's they own everything. So I'm there to kind of drive it the way they want me to, and I yelled back at him. I said, "I said you guys are not trusting me." I said, "I let me drive this thing the way I am feeling it needs to be driven to get the speed." And they're like, "Okay, go do it," and and that's when we broke it. So I, you know, it was a cool, it was a very cool day. I never thought I would get a Guinness World Record, and I think it was twenty the twenty twenty two book, and and will be able to flip to it and look at that page and see you know, Bryce Kenny and had a picture of the truck and fastest speed. And by the way, it was page one Oh three, which was my top fuel number, Uh, which I I just thought could not be coincidence. Yeah. So So did they, did
2: they come and give like present you like the, the the plaque and stuff or after all that, or like, like, how does that all work? So
1: yes. Uh, however, I still don't have my plaque and I'm a little sour about it. So good question. But what happened is we were out there, we were setting multiple records, and we were supposed to do a presentation at the end. We had this horrible Florida thunderstorm coming through. They were rushing through production because it was a live show on Discovery Channel with Chris Jacobs hosting it and all that. You guys see him from all the Chip Foo stuff and, and the Diesel Brothers. And so they are rushing through all this stuff, and we're, and we, and all of a sudden lightning was hitting, like, and they were clearing the the path, all that stuff, wrapping up the day. Dude, I never got my plaque.
0: I got to oh, man.
2: Name. That's an oh, injustice. God. Yeah. We, we got to get on that. Like, we're going to make it our mission from this podcast. <laughs> we're going to make sure you get your plaque.
1: Please do get Brace's because, plaque. Yes.
2: Please. Yeah. Yeah. Make that a hashtag. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. There we go. Um, we did want to ask though, obviously, so you're on here, uh, talking to us and, and one of the big things we wanted to talk about was your, uh, your book came out, uh, in September. It's called geared for life, making the shift into your full potential. Um, yeah, just tell us about the book, you know, what you talk about in there, how'd it come together? Like, did you, did you write it yourself? Did you have somebody helping you write it? yeah. Uh, yeah, everything about it, man. Just just talk to us about it. What's, what's the pro- – I mean, the, the, I'm sure the process of, of writing a book definitely isn't an easy one, so we'd love to hear about it.
1: Yeah. Are you guys readers at all, by the way? It's okay if it's no. A little bit. Some? Yeah, like, a little bit. Kind of depends.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd have to be interested yeah. in it.
1: Yeah. I think – so here's where I was at. I never thought I would write a – I never had any plans to write a book, I guess I should say. And because I mean, I I don't have life figured out. And I feel like if you write a book, you should be like an expert in, I don't know, (laughs) I don't know, sleeping habits or something. And you write a book about it, but I am somebody who's extremely passionate (laughs) about leveraging one opportunity, learning the lesson you got to learn and moving on from it. And, and, And the reason why I'm very good at being unstuck in life, because we all kind of like feel stuck where we're going like, man, this sucks. Like, like, what am I doing? We all have those moments, including me, I had that moment. But after that moment of w- when my head hits the pillow and it, it was it hit the pillow one night and it was just kind of I asked that question like is this really all there is in life? And like I I, I failed at my attempt in, at my attempt in top fuel, right? I, we had to sell everything I got out of that sport. I, I was basically feeling like a failure because I had all these big dreams and I not only was I not accomplishing them. But I felt as if I had no pathway to go and make them happen either. And and I, have you guys I like I, I know you guys have been there. We've all been there. And and maybe it's like yeah, the the twenty one year old in college that's can't can't figure out what they want a major in, or the thirty five year old professional that's like, dude, I just thought this would be better by now. I, I mean, job-
2: I'm twenty three. I'm twenty three myself. Yeah, and I like I you know. I, I've a, a job now and everything, but yeah, I feel you. Cause like, I still have no idea, you know, what the hell I'm going to do with the rest of my life and, and yeah. all that. So I, I, like, I definitely get the feeling for sure.
1: And there's some days that you probably are okay with that feeling and other days when you're freaking out about it. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and so here's what I've realized is that there's not a secret to life. There's not right. You don't need all the answers because you're in your case, like you're 23 you there's it, it's impossible to know what your life is going to look like at 45. You can have goals. You need You need goals. You can have visions. You need vision. You can dream dreams. You need that. But if you don't know what gears you have in your life to find, then you will constantly be burnt out or you're going to be depressed or you're going to be just riddled with anxiety because you're you're going to burn up first gear. Most people, guys, go through their whole life in one gear. And they run at 7,500 RPM and they wonder why it feels like the, the rods are about to spit out of the block. You know, why they feel like, man, I just cannot, how long am I, I'm supposed to do this for 40 more years and then retire? Like, no. So what I'm an expert in, myself personally, in my own life, and what I have realized I'm very good at if I'm sitting down with somebody, which is why I wrote this book is I'm really good at finding my next gear, right? I can go through first gear. I can take it to 7,500 RPM, maybe not even that high, I guess, in a in a real world case. But then sh- I can shift into second, and second into third, and third into fourth. And so I wrote Geared for Life because I share my seven personal gears, right? And they're things like being purpose-driven, being built for other people, uh, choosing to believe rather than doubt, doubt uh, failing faster, Right, That's a that's a really interesting gear. I love that gear because I, I learned one time, I, I was like, man, I feel like I'm avoiding failure. And, and I go into this specific gear where I, if I realize that I just got to go through the failures to eventually get to the successes. So what I do is I find this gear of I fail as fast as I possibly can as many times as I need to because I know I just have to get through the 99 failures to get to that success on the 100th attempt. So how fast can I get through the 99? You know, most people go through five failures and they're like, oh man, I guess it's just not meant to be. Nope, nope. It's just that you've got so <laughs> many failures to go through and lessons to learn. You just got to fail faster. And so I share my seven personal gears and, and those constantly get me unstuck today. And there's there's days I go into my fail faster gear. There's days I go into my purpose-driven gear. I, I make a purpose decision. Like when I left my corporate job for Monster Jam, I took a 30% pay cut. Well, why would I ever do that? It's because in that moment, I didn't make a monetary decision. I made a purpose decision, and now I don't regret it at all. But I hope that someone gets the end of Geared for Life, and it's going to equip them for the next time that their head hits that pillow and goes, man, is this really it? Is this all there is? They're going to be able to answer that emphatically with, nope, there's more. But how do I get more? How do I go out there and actually accomplish what I'm doing? You've got to know your gears. Your gears are your foundational beliefs, And your beliefs drive your actions and your actions are what get you the results. And so you're going to get to the end of Geared for Life. You're probably going to steal a few of my gears, right? (laughs) But you're going to uncover a few of your own that you had forgotten about or ones that you didn't really realize were so foundational to you and what you want to do and go and accomplish and, and the ways to go and get there. So I'm a big believer in that. You've got to find the right gear at the right time. And if you can do that, You'll avoid ever being stuck. You'll avoid being stuck in neutral and you can actually go out there and shift into your full potential.
0: That sounds like right a brand, on, man.
2: man. I'm looking right now. Uh, I'm interested to read it myself. You can go for $24 on Amazon and get it tomorrow. Uh, again, geared for life, making the shift into your full potential. Um, you can just look up Bryce Kenny. It's the first result that comes up. So, uh, yeah, there's definitely a plug for that. Uh, I'm I'm probably gonna pick up a copy myself, um, and I'm, I'm hopefully people listen to this and go and follow suit because I'm actually uh, I I'm definitely gonna check it out.
1: Uh, and it'll be a really honestly, it'll be a really good gift for somebody. And and I'm not trying to sling books, <laughs> <laughs> so this is this sounds like a sales pitch I'm about to say, but don't take it that way. Don't tune out for just a second. We like we're going into the holiday season. In the Christmas season, it's the one of the hardest things to do is like figure out what to give somebody. I don't know if they read or I, it's on Audible too. So if people like audiobooks, go on Audible and listen to it. And I read I voiced it over, or like I went in and read it off in like a really nice studio and stuff. And so it sounds great. But man, it would be a really for that motorsports guy or someone that just has, you know, a little bit of a love for motorsports, anything like that, you cannot figure out what to give them. Or man, you talk about something that's just gonna encourage them. Buy them a copy of Geared for Life. I'm that confident. And if they throw it back in your face and say you're stupid, <laughs> message me on Instagram. I'll give you your money back. But I'm that confident <laughs> in the book. It's that good. Not because I'm some, you know, amazing author. It's because this message is true. It is true, man. And if we can all go out there and there's a lot of people listening to this, they love motorsports. It is a passion for you. Well, I want to help you turn your passion into a purpose. And the best way to find your purpose in life is to equip your passion. So if you're passionate about NASCAR, there's a way that to turn that passion into a real purpose, and 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 to, to the point where you can find meaning and real meaning in your life in something that you love. And so I I, uh, I, I really believe that even my purpose uh, gear and my purpose chapter in there, which is uh, the first gear I talk about. That, that to me is the most critical thing. You said 24 bucks on Amazon. That'd be my question to someone listening. What would it be worth for somebody, for a guru, right? And I'm not a guru, but what would it be worth if someone said, look, I'm going to come and sit down with you. I'm going to give you a perspective that's going to help you find your purpose in life. What would you pay for that? 24 bucks. Like, I think that's a pretty good, a, a pretty good price. If it helps you any way, shape or form uncover your purpose and finally like find that passion again in life and apply it to making an impact, man, that's worth a lot more than that. Uh, but again, money back guaranteed. You guys find me on Instagram yeah. at warrior Bryce <laughs> and, uh, feel free to, I'll, I'll, I'll Venmo you if you, if, if it's not up to par
2: at <laughs> right, oh, man, well, we're running out of time here on the, uh, on the zoom call before it, uh, it, it pings us. Like you said, like we said before we came on Eric cause we don't pay for that uh, we don't we don't got that kind of budget here at rose 1 through 10 but um so yeah just wanted to give you a chance like any any uh pardon shots it's been great talking to you getting getting to know you we'll uh, start to wrap it up here man but but yeah no, we're like i said i'm going to get myself a copy i'm looking forward to reading it and it's been awesome to get to talk to you and learn a bit of, a bit about you and a bit about monster Jam.
1: yeah well, only thing i'll tell anybody that's got a dream, that's got a goal that's ever hit their head, hit that pillow and, and they're just looking for more, you've got it, you know, stop looking for all the answers, just find your next gear. And if you do that, like you'll, you'll avoid all the burnout, you'll get unstuck and you'll finally start making the run towards that finish line you've always dreamed of. And, and then maybe that's my, maybe that's a fault I have, man. I believe in people more Then maybe I should, but it's because I had a lot of people that believed in me and, and probably more than they should have. And I'm a product of these types of lessons. So I would just tell anybody, man, keep listening to this podcast because these guys are, they've got it going on. And I love the culture, the environment that you guys have built. I love the NASCAR community and you guys, the real fans don't ever forget. You are those NASCAR drivers, employers, right? So go out there and know your worth, know your value. And if at some point you just feel like you're undervalued, you come on out to Monster Jam because we will treat you guys like kings.
0: (laughs) Hey, absolutely, man. We can catch you running the Stadium Championship East Series um, in 2024. Uh, I was looking up the schedule. You guys make a trip to Philly on May the 4th. It'll be a Star Wars show. Uh, I think I'm gonna try to make up make up that trip. I've only been to one Monster Jam show when I was a child back in the late '90s
1: at Myrtle Beach Speedway. So, <laughs> oh wow, I want to want to make a trip a to a new one.
0: Yeah, definitely. yes, so, yeah.
1: We'll we'll get you need some backflips in your life and some yes. some carnage and some pit parties and autographs and all the amazing things that happen. So yes, you let us know. You let me know. We'll get you out there to Philly for sure
0: awesome man well yeah again appreciate you coming on here uh, me and travis i think we're both super excited for this episode so we appreciate yeah. the time man and uh definitely i think we'll be reading your book here over the holiday season
1: like you said it's a great gift and
0: yeah i'm I'm excited to read it
1: sounds great guys i appreciate you having me on man we'll talk soon let's do it again
0: yes absolutely yes sir all
2: absolutely all thank right, you for, thank you for your time Appreciate you're it. welcome
1: take care see ya
2: All right, we thank Bryce for joining us. Uh, It was a great interview, great getting to talk to him, know him, and learn a little bit more about Monster Jam. We'll definitely look to have him on in the future. Derek, me, and you are both looking at the Monster Jam schedule, trying to plan out races to go to next year already. Um, So, yeah, looking forward to that. But we also have another great guest joining us now. Um, He does not drive Monster Jam, but he instead – is the co-host of the Chairgating Podcast. Uh, you can listen to it on Twitter. Um, I don't know what other platform you got. I usually watch it on Twitter. I don't know if you guys are on any other platforms. But uh, Rattlesnake Tex himself is with us and uh, been a friend of mine. Gotten to know him well and talk a lot of college football and college basketball at some races the last couple of years. And great dude and uh, excited to have him on here. So how you doing tonight, buddy?
3: what is up yeah you can uh watch us on twitter and youtube live uh and then you can listen to us on spotify apple all that stuff
0: there you go um which i want to talk about we can talk about fall brawl that happened this past weekend um yeah i was gonna say that
2: yeah i was gonna say the main reason we chose to have you on this week lost you for a second that's why i paused but um Main reason chose to pass uh, have you on this week. We got the South Carolina 400 coming up. Me and Derek are both making the the trip there this weekend to Florence to see some racing there. And obviously in your home state, uh, you're going to be there for some work stuff and just to enjoy some racing. Matt, so we'll all be there and uh, get to watch some racing together. And uh, so we're looking forward to that. Talk to you about that and preview that a little bit when it comes up, but yeah, uh, I didn't get to see the hickory race personally, but Derek, if you want, if you want to go ahead and recap that, um, you can, I know Scott was there. I was talking to him a little bit about it. I know he had a fun weekend uh, there. So shout out to him, but yeah, what you got on, on hickory, Derek?
0: Yeah, I made the trip down there last year. And then this year I I chose to make the trip to the South Carolina 400 for the first time. Uh, but, But, tuned in to watch the fall brawl, um, but yeah, it was kind of a snoozer, honestly. Cade Brown dominated the re- race leading 180 laps um, and the 20 laps that he didn't lead, he was running second. Um, so, yeah, just an awesome night for him and the 23 team picking up the win. Connor Zillidge finishing second. Josh Berry, um, his first race in the 62 um, working with Rodney Childers finishing third ryan millington finishing fourth and taylor satterfield rounding out the top five um yeah that's, that's i said kind of an appetizer for some of these teams as they they head into this weekend uh for the south carolina 400 which seems to be a big one the the entry this is pretty star studded so i'm excited for it um should be a good time
2: yeah that's a, a good launching point to talk about this upcoming weekend and the race we're going to have in Florence, um, Derek and, 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 Matt, uh, maybe you can, it be in your home state and, uh, ever, everything, you know, we know you're tied in pretty well. Just tell us like, what is it about this race that you think is like bringing out this, the star studded field we're seeing? Uh, is it like, um, is it something being one of the last big races of the year? Um, what do you think it is? Cause this seems like an event that, a lot of people are are super excited for and looking forward to making the trip for. Uh, I saw Matt Weaver like post earlier today. We know he's damn near everywhere. And he said, it's his favorite race of the year for reference. So like, what is it about this weekend and and this race in Florence? That's so exciting for people.
3: I mean, obviously it's Dale jr. You know, that's let's be honest. That's, (laughs) that's the reason that people are showing up now more than ever, but it's, (coughs) I guess what I think what peaks Dale's interest is, um, you know, he really got his start in Myrtle beach back in the day. That was his first sanctioned NASCAR win uh, in his career was at Myrtle beach. And obviously that track no longer exists. And I, so I think the owner of Florence has really put a lot into the track. It's a nice facility. You said y'all you have been there before. Um, you know, it was a rough shape last yeah, time. It, we,
0: it was been a few years before they started making upgrades. Yeah, exactly. I was, was going to say. Was right so, when the new ownership took over, I believe. Per, yeah. It was uh, a springtime race, I think. Spring yeah.
2: 2021, I believe. Yeah, that sounds right. So,
3: yeah, I mean, there's still parts of it that <laughs> need work, Um, at least last year. But, yeah, the new owner has just really put a lot into it and has just made it kind of a destination for – Uh, you know, late model racing. And I think it just, I, I, I don't know. I can't speak for junior, but I think maybe it's because this essentially is the Myrtle beach speedway now in Florence because we lost Myrtle beach. And so I think maybe it's just him kind of going back to where he got his start in racing and that's why he likes it. And then I think because he likes it and shows up, everybody else wants to show up. So I think it's just some kind of effect like that.
0: Yeah, kind of a snowball effect. And I think you just hit the nail on the head. Like like you said, he he was really bent out of shape when Myrtle Beach closed its doors. And like you said, this, is, this race used to be run at the old Myrtle Beach Speedway. Um, so, yeah, and he was upset when they closed their doors. So I think he's just trying to give back to the race, the racetrack and the race community itself, saying like, hey, let's support this race. We can make this a big event. Uh, towards the end of the year. I know obviously next weekend is another big event with the Thanksgiving Classic uh, mm-hmm. in the late model stocks division. So, but I, I know some teams probably want to have that weekend off, you know, not go to the racetrack. So, this is a good way to still at the end of the year make a big event. I mean, it's 12,000 to win, I think, this weekend. So, pretty good payday. Um, yeah, I mean, like you said, I think you hit the nail on the head. Just trying to give back to to the racetrack. You know the worst part too about
3: Myrtle Beach was last time I drove by. Uh, they they still haven't built anything on that property. They just tore it down and have done nothing with it.
0: Mm, I hurt. know
3: it's just like the ultimate slap in the face. If they, I almost wish there was like some kind of development there now, so to at least justify. Yeah, like now.
0: okay, at least there's something there.
3: Yeah, I think they tore it down because the land value there is so high now because Myrtle Beach is like blown up and it was right in town. Uh, So the land value is so much higher now. So I kind of understand them having to sell the property. But yeah, last time I drove by, there was still nothing there. And I was just blown away. Like we could have still been having races. Granted, I don't have y'all ever been to or did you ever get to go to
0: Myrtle Beach? So... It's funny you mentioned that. I I went to one Monster Jam event in the late 90s when I was a kid, and uh, it was at Myrtle Beach Speedway. Really? Uh, Really? Yeah, never, never got to go for a race, but I did get to go in fall of 2021, like just a few months right before they tore everything down. The grandstands were gone um but i w- w- the track was still there i was able to walk walk the track and get a few pieces of asphalt and you know kind of take it oh, in and cool. took it in so glad i was able to at least do that i wish i would have gone to the last race i know scott and zach went down for that um wish i would have gone down um
3: yeah i mean the problem with the track was <laughs> it, it, it's really cool and i wish it would was still there and we we're still running this race there and like junior was coming to myrtle um you know, because nothing against Florence, but, like, Myrtle Beach is a destination.
0: Absolutely. Um, Myrtle Beach is Myrtle Beach. Right,
3: yeah. And it's a perfect, like, Dirty Myrtle is perfect for late model racing. But, uh, I mean, it was in such bad condition. I mean, nobody was putting anything back into that track. It was literally falling apart. Uh, I got to go up in the suites in, like, 2017. And even then, like, the wood was, like, you, you almost, like, fell through the floor up in the suites. It was, it's just, it was so bad. So it was kind of bittersweet (laughs) because if it was still open and they were still trying to run these races, I guarantee junior, none of these guys would be showing up because the track was just in that bad of
0: shape. Yeah. And like like you said, it's great that the new owners invested money back into the racetrack because that's what it needs. You know, Mm -hmm. if you want people to come out, you got to make a a decent facility.
3: Just decent. Um, That's the thing. It doesn't need to be like super nice. Just decent. (laughs) It's not a
0: new facility. Yeah. It just needs to be accessible and, and have normal amenities. Um, like I said, it doesn't have to be nice. You know, we saw people have grace with North Wilkesboro when that opened up for the racetrack revival. I mean, that was not perfect. They had porta pies, I'd say. I think they didn't have any working plumbing. So, um, yeah, it doesn't yeah, have to I be mean, glamorous.
3: It was, I'll, I'll, I'll give North Myrtle Beach this. They, they did make it pretty nice. It was pretty spiffy. Um, I, was in, I was impressed with how much work they actually put into that thing. I, I'm trying to think about the bathroom situation. Did they not have
0: plumbing? Maybe for not. Works for last year, no. Yeah. Oh, wow. for, for the
2: we're talking for the revival, not for the All Star. Oh, race. okay. Because yeah,
3: yeah, I was yeah.
0: like, I could have swore
3: for the All Star. No, yeah, for
0: All Star race, it was like a brand new racetrack. It was like yeah, modern I, day racetrack. I, essentially,
3: I was yeah, blown no. away at the for the All Star. Yeah, All-Star no, race. it felt
0: like a completely different racetrack. Just whatever the six months from August to yeah May, whatever the transition was. It was yeah, that's right. And really I didn't.
3: Different. Granted, I didn't stay for um for the weekend. I was just there for the week when like Flo was there, so I yeah, was working. Um, but yeah, I was really impressed with North, North Wilkesboro. I hope that they can, you know, kind of fix the racetrack and make the racing a little bit better. Since,
2: since you bring it up, by the way, uh, talk to us a little bit about working for flow and and what you do, what it's like, uh, just, I mean, we know they're, they're really like starting to put the hammer down and and now with high limits coming in and everything, like they're setting record like numbers for all their races and they're really a growing company and, and you working for them just. Like I said, how, uh, what's it like working for them? What they got you doing and all that? Anything you want to talk about with them? Yeah. Just very curious to hear about it. I mean, to be honest,
3: I don't really talk about it much on the podcast. I just kind of keep it separate from like my podcast life. But uh, I, I work in advertising, so I do digital advertising. Um, and yeah, man, it's just. First of all, it is an awesome company to work for. It is so sweet. The whole company is badass because it's all it's flow sports. If you're unaware, like we have a whole bunch of sports. Um, I'm just happen to be a race fan. So I try to just kind of stick in the racing. Um, But yeah, it's a great company. It's a lot of fun. The culture there is badass. And yeah, we're just rocking and rolling with racing. Like high limit has been something we've been working on for a long time. I'm glad that the news is finally out there. Cause I've <laughs> had to keep that a secret for a very long time. Um, and yeah, we we are stoked about high limit. I mean, it's this is, this is something that we've been working on for, for a while now with Tony, with Kyle, with Brad. Um, and we're working with a lot of other people, you know, junior, not just in uh, high limit. So yeah, it's, we're kicking ass right now, man. It's it's been awesome.
2: Kind, kind of curious, like have to ask about it. By the way, because we had Chase on last week. Uh, Rodman, he's the lead pit report reporter for the Outlaws. He's a buddy of ours, and uh, obviously, he's an outlaw guy and World Racing Group group guy. So he definitely had some uh, had some some interesting uh, opinions about the merger and the yeah. Um, so. <laughs> But you know obviously like uh he he kind of gives the world racing group employee perspective and and all of which which is totally understandable, and I was just kind of curious to like hear from from the other side of of things like uh how you're looking at it, you know going into this merger and now what's potentially gonna be a a showdown between the outlaws and the uh high limits, just just for reference, chase is like. We're still number one, and that, that's not going to change. <laughs> um, like, And okay. definitely made that known. Like, yeah, no, so I don't uh, know if you feel the same way, or I'm curious to hear it's, your uh,
3: I love hearing the outlaw, the, the, the outlaw guys talk about this. Um, they seem to not be happy about it. But from our side at the high limit and the All-Star, you know, formal <laughs> All-Star side, We don't really look at World Outlaws, so we're we're kind of just like, hey, isn't it awesome that we have, like, two great series that you can watch as a fan? We're not – you know what I mean? Like, that's why we let our drivers, you know, drive in anything. Like, we just want more badass racing. So I don't know if we really are like, oh, we got to beat them. It's more just like, hey, I hope all the World Outlaw fans want to watch us and vice versa. Like, we're just excited that there's more badass sprint car racing in the world.
0: Yeah. I mean, we, I think we all agreed on that last week when we had him on. Um, I think obviously the outlaws have been number one for so long Yeah. now that they have a competitor. They're kind of like, hold up, hold up, hold up. And you know, they're like, yeah, we do want the best for racing, but yeah, like I said, it's kind of, you're kind of shell shocked a little bit with with how much y'all are, are growing in the past few years. I mean, I mean, it was just, I said a few years ago, flow started. I mean, I, I guess it was not that long ago, but yeah, it's they, uh, It's incredible how much they've grown over the last few years, all the series that they're broadcasting now on on Flow. I mean, it's it's well worth the annual subscription.
3: I think the reason that we're growing so much and like... I mean, when I I go to events, um, people just come up. I've never had a job before, uh, especially working in like advertising and marketing, where people actually come up to me and like thank me for what we're doing and tell us how much they love us and how it's like well worth the money. Like usually in... Uh, advertising and marketing people just want to complain right mm-hmm. so i've i mean i've been with flow for three years i don't think i've ever like every single person that talks to me at tracks is you know they might have a suggestion or something like that but everybody's always like man we love what y'all are doing and i think it's because we just truly are trying to like grow our sports um, not just racing you know we have wrestling grappling track and field cheerleading we have a lot of stuff that's really college good. basketball
2: as as well. Yep. We were just talking about that before yep. coming on the yeah. CAA.
0: Yeah, exactly. Really, the old CAA? <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah, incredible. I used to go to this. We talked about James Madison off air. I mean, I used to go to the CAA tournament for oh. years and on in, in. So that's yeah. Awesome. We have it's full circle. We have
3: college football. Yeah, we have a bunch of stuff and and the whole like idea of Flow Sports is to grow the sport, and so we just want to reinvest in racing and make racing as great as possible give the fans as much value as they possibly can get and also give the drivers you know more money more opportunities um and more ways to be competitive and so you know that's why high limit for instance like racing whatever you want like we'd love to have you in high limit you want to do midweek you want to do the weekend series we got going you know kyle larson i think is just going to be doing midweek races um so we just want to like offer as much options as possible, and just make fans and drivers, track owners, just try to make everybody happy. Uh, I don't think we're trying to necessarily come in and like take over the space or like be competitive or make enemies. Um, you know, we're just growing, so it's just hard not to like upset people.
0: For sure.
2: Yeah. No. Like, you know, there's a, and and like like Derek said that the outlaws have just gone this long and not had any like real competition and air quotes and like when they kind of see uh high limits coming in and they get pretty territorial like I made the comparison on here last week with Chase to like WWE and AEW like if you're a wrestling fan and it's like right WWE went so long unchallenged and then like when AEW came in it was like uh, like a big and I mean it still is like a big pissing contest and and like the same with the racing, the fans are on the side, of like I, so, I I just love wrestling. Like
3: So as a wrestling fan, was it not better for you to have like multiple options?
2: No, it's it's great. And both of those companies have like pushed each other and like exactly. made each other better. Exactly. Like WWE has improved like a ton, improved their product a ton since AEW came in as actual competition and, and pushed them.
3: Yeah, I mean we we can definitely compete with each other because competition's great. That's I mean, we work in sports. Like obviously we believe in competition. But I just I don't see why like only one can exist. Like this idea that we're competing directly with each other and we have to beat one or the other. Like, why can't both just coexist and both do excellent and make drivers a lot of money, make fans really happy, make track owners a lot of money? Like it's just to me, it's just like, hey man, I like World of Outlaws too. Like I don't want to see them go away. Uh, I was a fan of the All-Star. So I was kind of scared when I heard uh, at work uh, this merge was happening. But, you know, the more that they talked about it, I was like, oh, no, this is actually going to be great for the sport. So (laughs) I I just think, you know, us being in the sport and having people like World of Outlaws and, you know, other series, it's just good if you're a race fan.
0: Yeah, I mean, and kind of wrap it all up, it's just – I feel like Dirt Vision kind of put themselves in a box by naming it that Dirt Vision, you know, whereas you guys Flow Sports, I guess now have rebranded to that and you guys cover like I said a little bit. Of actually, we were so. always
3: Flow Sports. Okay. So, so I guess it, you... it started actually with uh, track and field and wrestling. Okay. Um, flow Yeah, Flow Wrestling is kind of our staple. Uh, and then we got into racing like four years ago, I think. I mean, when I came in, we were still pretty fresh. Right. Uh, um. But we've just grown so much because the idea of Flow Sports is to find kind of these undervalued um, markets in sports, yeah. like college wrestling, like racing, like cheerleading.
2: Jiu Jitsu is a big one We're too. Huge in grappling. Marching uh, band.
3: <laughs> we we are huge, huge, huge in grappling. Like uh, I don't really keep up with grappling, but I'll go to events or I'll wear my Flow gear, and people are like, "Oh man, I love grappling." Blah blah blah. So, uh, yeah, we just like to find these kind of undervalued or underappreciated sports. And dirt racing was the clear avenue for us because it has a huge following. uh, People love it. And we have just kind of tapped into it. And because of that, we've been able to grow into, um, you know, late models and what we're doing now, where we're going to be to bring it back around full circle uh, in Florence. Yeah,
1: right on. Um, well,
2: yeah, we can, Derek, you wrote a good article, uh, on sectator, uh, previewing the, uh, the race yesterday and all on the entry list for that. Um, so yeah, we, uh, if, if you kind of want to give a a little rundown preview real quick, and then I guess we can get into some picks or, uh, I don't know, like, I don't have anything to add for this, but I mean, if you have like any stories for the weekend, you just wanted to like bring up real quick that. We haven't talked about either of you. You know, you can get that in there, but yeah. uh, What are we going to see this weekend? Real quick, Derek. Before you dive in, before you dive
3: in, I just kind of want to know your background. Like, are you uh, NASCAR Cup Series, Truck Series, uh, Sprint Car, Dirt Late Model, Asphalt? Like, what what kind of is your uh, your specialty? What What do you love the most?
0: I love the most.
3: So you're uh, just an all-around racing guy. I
0: would say – I would say my answer to that, well, I, I was just going to say yes. Uh, I mean, not so much Dirt Late Models, but everything else you just mentioned. I mean, yeah, I, I pretty much – if it was a race one, I kind of want to watch it and I kind of know what's going on with – and follow all the series. Okay, but not so, not Dirt Late Models so much. Not – I mean, I said I know the big names and, and kind of know – follow what – Jonathan like, Davenport,
3: that kind of stuff, yeah.
0: Yeah, Davenport uh, – strickler yep uh, there's a few big names there yeah so i mean i said i know the big names but yeah and no, i don't follow that as closely as i follow because you you live in virginia right yes which is w- ironic because it's more of a late model country, yeah, yeah. Exactly. that's yeah. where i was strickler. going with that yeah, yeah. <laughs> but here's yeah the, thing, just... man,
3: the more i've been getting into dirt the more i actually love sprint car racing like i've uh, that's almost my number one now i just yeah. love it And there's just nothing around South Carolina. (laughs) So I totally understand. It's all dirt late models or late models on asphalt. Yeah, I was
0: living living up in Silver Spring, Maryland and was like craving some racing. You know, I hadn't seen any racing. I really only go to NASCAR races because Dominion wasn't (laughs) open yet. Um, And I never went to the old Dominion in Manassas. I don't know if you ever know about that track, but there's a previous Dominion, but Never went to that, and so I was craving some racing, and I was like, "Oh, there's a sprint car track, sprint car racing going on up in Pennsylvania." I I guess I was just always racing. I didn't really really know the sprint cars, and I was like, "Oh, go check it out," and discovered really what a sprint car was. I'd obviously seen them on TV, but never seen them in person, and I was just like, "Holy shit, these things are thousand horsepower tractors!" Oh yeah, (laughs) these things are gnarly. And then so I was like, "Okay, this is cool," and then. Um, I went to my first World of Outlaws event down at Charlotte. They were oh, yeah. kind of tandem at the 600 for a few years there and went to one of those events. And just the spectacle of that, the four wide. The pyro oh, going off, you know, just, just sliding Johnny, around. <laughs> Johnny Gibson, you know, hollering the entire time, you know, it just—it's a—it's a spectacle for sure. So yeah, that was like—I was like—I'm sold on sprint car racing, and I want to go to as many sprint car races as I can. Okay,
3: so me and you can both agree that we need more sprint car
0: racing in the south. A hundred percent. I think yeah. Travis can get on board with that. All three of us. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> why
3: it's just like has not caught on. I don't know if I don't nobody's either. made the push yet, but and right. I don't
0: get it because it's like we. Open the season in Volusia, like, you know, spring car racing is back. And then we're right. like, don't right. go back to yep. Volusia at yeah. all. Like, why exactly. don't we come there? Go we, back we start and end
2: the season. We start and end the season down south. And then, like, in between, it's just like, like no, it off. makes no it's sense.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I think it, it must just be the stock car thing in the southeast, you know, and late models on dirt is, like, closer to the original stock car racing. That's the only yeah. thing I can think It's just historically and culturally. It's just always been because, you know, sprint car racing is with the wings like that. That That's the original uh, Indy cars. Yep. So I think that's just why there's a
0: difference. But we need a bigger push in the South. I think so, too. And hopefully it's coming. Hopefully High Limits is, is doing that. You know, get the NASCAR <sighs> crowd on board. Right, nobody's
3: listening to me. I can tell
0: you that one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're we're doing it three people at a time here. You know what yeah. I mean? We're we will grow it three people at a time, but we'll get there. Yeah, yeah we mean, both got our, is... our
2: regions represent. We are all three of us got our regions represented, and we'll beat the drum. Like I got the Dirty South. You got the Carolinas. Derek has Mid-Atlantic. Virginia. And, yeah, the Mid Atlantic, and like yeah, we can we can all we can do it. Uh, man. Peter, Trump. I
3: think it's going to start with Derek. He's closest to the north. And That's right. Walk, uh, slowly started, work our way, exactly.
0: way down. <laughs> exactly. Start pulling it down.
3: Sorry, Travis. You are last. <laughs>
1: I mean, we got Talladega,
2: and uh, like they come to Talladega, they or they did to- last year at Sometimes, least. Sometimes,
0: yeah. And
3: rent
2: cars. And okay. then they go to Magnolia, and Mississippi, which is probably like five hours okay. for me every yeah, year. Yeah, what's I've like the third
0: there. tier series? A S C S.
3: Yeah, I know. Yeah, I think ASCS. there's. It's There's one that comes public. around South Carolina. It's like the Appalachian, spring okay. car series or something like that. But I've I've it, never I've never been. I've it, been read about it.
2: ASCS, that's a 360 series. Derek mentioned, yeah. They uh they go to Talladega short track on NASCAR weekend every year.
0: Well, and do they
2: cause, And, cause, what, what and the yeah. Outlaws
0: did go to Talladega last year.
2: Yeah, not NASCAR weekend, but they did go to Talladega. Oh, okay,
3: okay, yeah. Because I was like, I always felt like it was like late models, but okay.
0: Yeah, no, the to... cars is new is a new thing. They're they're starting to bring it back.
3: Sorry to sidetrack. I just kind of wanted to know where you were at. Uh, no,
0: no, it's all good. It's I mean, I fandom. think it's a good transition. You know, we're all race fans here, but uh, obviously the late model stock divisions kind of dominates from the mid Atlantic down to the right. southeast. I mean, you know, so
3: I'm I'm literally wearing a dirt modified shirt right now from Gateway Dirt Nationals. Nice. I rarely watch it, but, like... I just, hey, I'm that's sure. coming
0: up in a few weeks, man. I'll be writing a, another article oh, about it, preview dude, for it. Look, I if I can say one thing, like,
3: get to that event if you're ever able to. I know this <laughs> might sound crazy to some people. And when it comes to, like, the actual racing on the track, uh, I love the midgets at Chili Bowl, but when it comes to the actual event itself, Gateway Dirt National tops Chili Bowl.
0: Okay.
2: I just want to see more Ty- Tyler Carpenter, dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna get me a fucking truck ride, dude. I got racing to, in I got, his hey
0: dudes.
3: I got to meet him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was yeah. Fuck race shoes. I don't. I was to. right uh, in this last one. I was right down there um, on the track. I mean, yeah. It, it's it, it's just it is the best uh, racing event I've ever attended in my entire life. When it comes to like a spectacle, yeah. Awesome.
2: Is he everything you would expect to meet, like?
3: Yeah, he's not he's not putting on a show. <laughs> I can tell you that. Man. <laughs> um, Carson Hovar I got to hang out with him. Um uh, man, who else did I get to hang out with? I don't know. There was a there was just so many people there. Um it was it was crazy. It was uh, it was everything you expected. Oh yeah, Kenny Wallace, dude. I spent like a that whole was, day with Kenny Wallace. It was his nuts. interview after he won was epic.
0: It when was the, out of the whole. We was wooing the crowd. And, the whole place was on their feet. It yeah. was. It was nuts. about to burn to the ground.
3: Yeah, dude. Literally, I mean, they were, they had the fireballs going off, and it caught on fire at one point. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude, it's just incredible. It is probably my favorite race, like of any type of racing.
0: Yeah, it's coming up in mid December. Yep, fourteenth through the sixteenth this year. So. Are you going Kylie. again
1: this year?
3: Am I going to attend? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not attending this year. Unfortunately, I, I've I've cut back a lot of my traveling this <laughs> last year. It's
0: just I don't know.
3: I just hate the traveling,
0: but I'm gonna get back sometime. All right. Well, we got on a little tangent there, just talking racing. That's what we do here. But now nah, let's let's uh look ahead to this weekend. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's be a good weekend. I'm excited for it. Mine and Travis's first South Carolina 400. So. Um, I said, I'm looking forward to it. Um, the action really kind of heats up on Saturday at 4.30 when qualifying gets underway. Uh, and the top 19 drivers on speed will lock into the main event. Um, I say 19, it's, it's really 20 cars. But Sam Yarborough won the poll for this event by picking up the win back on Labor Day weekend um, at the lock-in 150 event, Marty Ward Memorial. Um, if you won that race, you were automatically locked into the main event and sitting on the pole for this weekend's 400. Um, so yeah, he'll be a force to be reckoned with, obviously picking up the win back in Labor Day um, and, and starting up front this weekend. Um, but yeah, if you don't get to lock in on, on speed on qualifying, there'll be two 25 lab heats, which will see the top six from each heat transfer into the Two hundred and fifty lab main event. So that brings the total to thirty-two cars um for the main event. Um which I had mentioned earlier is twelve thousand to win. And yeah, I mean it should be a good event. We have the two guys that battled all year in the cars tour, um Butterbean Queen and Carson Quapple, they battled all year in the Cars Tour and they're gonna be going head to head again this weekend. Um obviously Carson Quaple picking up the Cars Tour championship, but Queen finishing second. Um but we know last year uh they those two were door to door, side by side on the on a green white checkered finish um that saw Brendan McQueen picking up the win. Um and Kwapel finishing second. So Travis, yeah round did
3: you two. sneeze directly into the microphone, by the way. <laughs> no, I have an earbud in. It's almost impossible. I, I, there's, there's like there's
2: there's like no way to mute this thing, so God, I gotta roll with it kind just got to roll. All right, man. Sorry, sorry to interrupt.
0: <laughs> but yeah, so the rivalry will be renewed here this weekend, man. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. Should be an exciting race. Obviously, Dale Jr. will be racing um, for his own team in the three car. Uh, I believe it's Bass Pro Shops on the hood, white Brass Pro Shop car. Um, Josh Berry again in the 62. Um, Landon Huffman in the 75. Uh, Doug Barnes in the 88. Uh, Let's see who else. Josh Williams in the 11. I believe we. You just throwing out
3: like notable names? Yes. I mean, there's like Nassie, Landon Huffman. Yes, you're right. Steven Nassie. They're pretty. pretty Williams and
0: Wallach. Did you already say Butterbean? I did, yes. Okay, yeah. Been talking about him and. Carson Quaple. So other than those guys. Yep.
2: Very, very underrated name, by the way, that I'm looking through the field and wanted to give a mention to uh, super underrated talent. I think in general that I think you're going to be hearing a lot more about, especially in the next couple years is Katie Hedinger. Um, she got a uh, win at Hickory this past weekend in the Carolina pro late model series. I first remember hearing about her last year, at the racetrack revival at Wilkesboro and uh, junior did like interviews with a bunch of drivers that the fans could go to. And uh, she was one of them, but yeah, she's from Michigan and they, they come down and race down South and she drives back to Michigan and it's just regular student school. Uh, and then in the meantime goes racing down here, like I said, got a big win at Hickory last weekend, but she's uh she's super talented and everybody's kind of wondering like who that, female star that's like really going to step up for for especially for nascar and for racing in, in general is going to be and i think she has potential to be that a, a ton of talent just wanted to give her a shout with that win this past weekend especially yeah
3: no that's actually a solid shout out she's been like up and coming man she's been talking about a lot
0: yeah she also got in a little bit of trouble a few weeks back at tri county in the cars tour event so uh yeah, so glad to see her bounce back and, and get the win this weekend at Hickory uh, in the Pro pro Series. Um, yeah, um, I, like you said, she, she'll be fun to watch coming up. She's young. She's going to make mistakes like we see all these other kids making mistakes. And uh, yeah, it'll be fun to watch her grow. But she's
2: backed by Chevy.
0: like like So uh, the, she'll be interesting to
2: follow like the next couple years especially and see if Chevy has... I'm sure they do. So... Uh They definitely are, are fans first, and she's done a uh, uh, a good job with it. So,
3: yeah, yeah a lot of companies are really liking her. You know, they i I think they like the idea of like a a girl like really like kicking ass and being good at racing. Like companies want to get behind that, so I think people are excited to see her do well.
0: For sure. Yo, you boys got anything for this weekend that you're looking forward to? What you think?
3: I mean, I'm just excited for yet. the weekend.
2: <laughs> yeah, me me too. I'm excited to get back to the racetrack. It'll be my first trip to a race since Dega in October. Probably, I don't know, maybe the last chance I'll have to see a race till Dega in April, the way my schedule's Honestly, looking. Honestly, so I, I think
3: I might be right there with you, man. My last race was <laughs> uh, the Southern 500, and I this is probably the last race until Dega.
0: Yeah, I'm making a little bit of the end of the year run here. Obviously Martinsville a few weekends back, and then hitting this week and this weekend, and I'm not sure where we'll go land from there. But yeah, I'll definitely try to get to as many as we can.
2: Are we gonna? All right, who you guys? Go ahead.
3: Uh, I'm guessing you were about to say race picks.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say who you guys <laughs> got. What were you gonna
0: ask?
3: I was literally gonna say the same thing. We should make some race picks. <laughs>
0: are you staying yeah. Saturday night? Or are you going home? No,
3: I'm just gonna drive home. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, I'm. So I don't live like in in Myrtle. I live outside of Myrtle, so I'm like 40 minutes from the track. It's really not. Conway. That you
0: what? Or Conway are you farther? Well, actually, just
3: outside that. Conway. Uh, in between Conway and North Myrtle, in a little town called Longs, just outside Little River. It's like one. chance.
0: The ass, you what? Kick, the ass kicking chickens,
3: yeah. What? Oh, Conway. Go, oh, coastal, go
0: coastal. Got yeah. it, got it.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I'm like like 15 minutes from
0: from Con, like downtown Conway. So, all right. Well, yeah. Well, let's get some picks in. We'll have to get some Holt Brothers this weekend, Travis. Fuck yes. That's definitely on the menu for sure. Uh, but, yeah, let's get some picks in. Uh, we'll let the guests lead us off. Big Matt, who are you taking?
3: Oh, I get to lead y'all off. Damn. The guest lead us, leads us off. That's so much fun. Thanks, guys. Uh, I mean, I'm just going to go with Butterbean then. Uh, I mean, why not, right? He, he did it last year, so seems like the easy pick. <laughs> All right. Travis, who you Can got? to go next? next? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I, I told you going into Homestead,
2: Anytime I have a chance to pick him, I'm picking him. I'm taking Dale Jr. Like if Dale Jr. is on the board, like I'm picking him because it's 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 Dale Jr. and I'm gonna take him every time because I love the man. So easy enough, like that for me. I, he get he gets a big win, uh, makes it feel like we're back in the '90s. It's gonna be fucking awesome. And he's been really good every time he's gotten in the late model and, and NASCAR. So he can still wheel it. So give Which me Jr. All
0: right. I'm going to go a little bit outside of the box. Give me the local boy, Dougie Air Barnes, uh, in the 88 to pick up the win. Where is he from? He's from Maryland, but he races at Dominion, usually. Or oh. Or did a lot. Until, until <laughs> when Payton you said, started coming there.
3: When you said local boy, I was thinking around here. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Never local
0: to me. Hometown yeah, to me. That home, makes local sense. Local to us, yeah.
2: He's the guy that jumped on the dude's hood a few years ago.
3: Oh, yeah. no, I, I I know exactly. That's I why saying, I was... he,
0: he knows who air, the air Doug is. Yeah, that's why <laughs> I was surprised. He had a big following in the late model stock ranks. YouTube. That's why I was
3: surprised that uh, you said local. I was thinking around here. I was like, I had no idea he's from around here. No, he's from
0: Maryland. Hasn't he – what did he win at
3: Florence? He won something at Florence, right?
0: I think he won the uh... – it's just, the late model race tandem with the Southern 500 last year.
3: It was last year, right? Yeah, you I think know so? What? I think I watched him win. I was at that race actually. That's why I remember him. Yep. Okay. Good pick.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I I'm trying to look here if I can go back to last year's. I don't know where he finished last year, but yeah, i yeah, It doesn't I Watched matter. him win. Yep.
3: Doesn't matter. <laughs> well, um. We did say we were going
2: to do a, a 2023, uh, like, just kind of NASCAR season thoughts and, and recap. I don't know if you wanna stay on here for that or not, Rouse, Snake. You're more than welcome to if you want to. I got but, like 15 uh, more minutes. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's roll into that then. I think we got our thoughts for the weekend. We're all excited. And I'm sure we'll all see each other there and have a good time so uh well, yeah have hey, some beers together I was say, see I dale expect, jr win it
3: i expect some beers so we're definitely going to be hanging out
2: oh yeah there will be beers and uh dale jr's winning the damn thing i heard your uh little wishful thinking dig in there junior <laughs> still wheel it not- nobody thought he was gonna win at bristol either and he damn sure might have right. if it's car didn't catch on fire
0: <laughs> hey he was a he was a wrecking ball in this race last year he wasn't afraid to mix it up he got sent to the tail end twice last mm-hmm. year so uh he, he's not going to be afraid to mix it up with these guys. He's like, I signed y'all's paychecks in the car store. I'm not going to yeah. be afraid to mix it up with y'all. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> y'all, I know how much money y'all made. Y'all can afford to fix these race cars. <laughs> so I, right. I'm excited, man. It should be a good time.
3: Yeah, um, absolutely stoked. Such a fun race. Such a great track. It's just, it's going to be a great time.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to check this one off the list. And uh, like I said, we'll have the TV down there watching Formula One. Uh, Ew, after. I will fact. not be. <laughs> Travis, that, Travis that's is going right thing. to bed at 1, p- uh, 1 a.m.
2: I'm not into the parade as much hey. as he is. But. <laughs> <laughs> there we go.
0: <laughs> hey, it should be interesting this weekend. It should be the coldest GP ever. So it should be chaos. Team chaos, Travis, is coming out.
2: <laughs> hey, man, I'll, I'll actually, I actually actually might tune in a little bit, being that it's in medicine, Vegas, just to see what the track looks like. I forgot it's if, if so. any
0: If <laughs> any F1 race, this is the one to watch for sure.
2: Yeah. Um. All right. Well, let's yeah. Let's talk a little NASCAR and uh, like like I said, we were kind of rushing through last week, so we didn't get to really give our thoughts on the the season as a whole. But Ryan Blaney is your 2023 NASCAR Cup Series champion. Um. Oh. <laughs> <Someone's> <laughs> okay. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> um, yeah. No. Um. So congrats to Ryan Blaney. Like we said, we talked a little bit about it last week, but just hell of a playoff run he put together, and really just those last I'd say since Talladega however many that is what six weeks of the season just was a completely different driver than the Ryan Blaney we saw the the first six or seven years of his career so very popular champion uh that I know a lot of fans are except we're excited to see breakthrough and and good to see kind of these guys who uh NASCAR is kind of relying upon to be the future of the sport breakthrough and would have been called
3: cool to through in the actual season, but yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, man. Dude, should I just give you the floor? Like, you don't seem very <laughs> thrilled about I'm Ryan not. Blaney.
3: <laughs> I'm not. And the reason that I'm so opinionated is because we still have yet to do a gating episode because Dakota's, like, crazy busy with work. And he was at the race, and we just have not been able to recap the season uh properly. But, um yeah, I mean, I don't know. Are, do you, okay, here's the thing whatever Ryan Blaney cool he's a good driver yada 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 do y'all feel like like you watched the whole season right I know I know um Travis did for sure but Derek I'm guessing you watched every single cup race right yes okay do you feel like Ryan Blaney is your 2023 champion do you feel it yeah, I uh, feel it
2: I mean I, I like I've, I've and we've we've talked about the format on here before and my opinion is Stayed the same forever. I know Pete, some people. You might be one that hate like the stick and ball sport comparisons, but I'm like, take we're 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 big college basketball fans. March Madness.
3: Yeah, same. Like
2: brand. did did, it, did anybody have you know Florida Atlantic and San Diego State on like their radars to to be in the Final Four and compete for a national championship last Again, year? Again, it's just no, different literally.
3: though. Com- trying to compare college basketball to racing, it's just like it's a totally different thing.
2: I'm know? just like. I, people say it, 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 like it's not fair. And to me, my opinion has always been like, I think, like this is it, it's a crazy format, and it's all about like, you know, you need to hit on things at the right time, and like you need to, you know, put yourself in position to get there. And that's why, I, like, you know, Martin Truex Jr. had a terrible playoffs and couldn't get a top ten to mm-hmm. save his life, or even a top fifteen, and his playoff points still damn near got him to the championship. Uh, if he didn't have that failure at uh, Miami.
3: Can I uh, can I read off a couple so. stats real quick? Or just like, okay, I'm going to read off a few categories. You tell me <laughs> which one Ryan Blaney won throughout the entire season. Wins, All right. top fives, top tens, top fifteens, top twenties, top twenty-fives, average finish, average start, pulls, stage wins, consecutive top threes, consecutive top f- fives consecutive top tens consecutive everything laps led championships races led uh let's see what else i mean i could just go on and on um any pretty much any positive stat what did ryan blaney lead in championships <laughs> well no you, you've made plural <laughs> that you should have been made it singular <laughs> but uh yeah oh. he didn't he didn't win in any stat any important major stat I'm not saying that's the only way to like be a champion. I'm just saying I've been open, and I've been okay with the format we've had. I know people have hated on it for a long time. I've kind of put up with it. This year, with Ryan Blaney being our champion, it is finally the time where I'm just like, you know what? I'm getting kind of tired of this.
0: Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. It's like these are the rules that we play by. We knew – at the start of the year, what the and he is worth. champion.
3: Yeah, I'm not trying to take it away from him. I'm
0: just saying, no, like for I the mean, future. And, and no, and I hear you. I mean, I just think if we're at this point, we've gone down this road so far that I don't think it's going to change. And I mean, it, and like I said, you just have to live with the fact that it comes down to one race and whatever, or just team start watching other racing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, you want a season long champion. Uh, the best driver to win the champion, that's what happened in Formula 1.
3: Well, okay. So you, um, well, no, I like watching an entertaining race.
0: Um,
2: you put, you high, put no value into the fact that, like, to win this championship, like, you got to perform when, when the pay window's open. Like, you know, it's really like those last yeah, four so races. so then why like, do we have,
3: have a whole season, then? <laughs> like, what's the point? Well, you have a whole season,
2: like I said, to get – like I said, and I use Truex as the example because he just had a horrendous playoffs and was nowhere to be seen every week and was still, like – his great season was enough to almost carry him to that championship. So let's
3: just cut the season in half, start at the beginning of the playoffs. Everybody's in, add like four extra (sighs) weeks to the playoff and just do it that way. Because what's the point of everything else? Blaney didn't do shit all season. He didn't do shit last year. I mean, he came through and came alive when he needed to, but to me, to me, that doesn't feel like a real season long champion. I mean, High Limit was a great example uh, this this past season, the one that just wrapped up recently. Uh, if you all watched the final race in that, it was Rico and Larson. And we knew that Larson had a pretty solid lead, and he was probably going to win it. But, you know, there was still that, like, chance that Larson wrecks or something, and Rico just runs away with it. Because Rico won the race. We just needed Larson to finish at a certain place, and Larson finished well enough. It was a great example of just the season long points that actually made the race, the final race, really exciting. I know it's not always exciting. There's been boring versions, but just at what point I'm just getting sick and tired of it, man.
2: Yeah. I, I love it personally. And like, I'll, I've had fans who like aren't race fans that have like gotten more engaged in NASCAR. Aren't race when like, fans I I them a great them, way to put it. Yeah. And like. And they get, they're more engaged when I tell them like yeah this is the playoffs like this is the championship. But Whereas the point is like, you have to
3: tell them like, because they're not watching because they're not race fans.
2: Yeah, I mean that's fair. But I, I, I mean I'm a race fan and I love it because like I'm a fan of other sports like March like I said March Madness is my favorite sporting event every year. And I mean how many times have we seen teams that haven't had great regular, like Arkansas last year where was the ninth best team in the SEC or the 10th best in the regular season. And, you know, they knocked out the number one team in the nation, Kansas, in the round of 32. Like, can you, like, is that, you know, quote-unquote fair that Kansas had to play Arkansas without their head coach, Bill Self, and, you know, lose to an Arkansas team that finished 10th in their conference? Like, And how many people
3: watch college basketball season throughout the regular season? Uh, not I mean, many. That's not, why I Travis has never many. heard me being a Duke fan. Yeah, not many. It's March. I'm a huge I college basketball fan. If, okay, but if you look at revenue breakdowns throughout college basketball throughout the entire se- season, it's all of their revenue comes in March, 100%. And I love college basketball, too. I watch it throughout the season because I, I have a good team. If my team sucked, though, I probably wouldn't watch throughout the season. I would just turn it on in March because I got some bets to make. I just, I just don't think it's conducive for racing. I think this, I think Ryan Blaney winning this championship, I, people are really talking it up about how good it is for the sport because they need Ryan Blaney to be good, and I would have agreed with them like three years ago, but um, I think it's going to be more detrimental. I think it's going to really start pushing the, the few racing fans kind of away. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just speaking for myself here. I view it as not great for the sport. I think William Byron winning the championship would have been wonderful for the sport because he's also a young up and comer guy and he had an incredible season. Um, I think that would have been the best thing for the sport, in my opinion. Yeah. Well the only we're gonna gonna, arguments uh, there.
2: We're gonna start yeah, we're gonna start winding this thing down because we know uh you're about to get off of here and Derek's got an early wake up call. Oh, you're I do just too, started to
3: get so. me going. I know. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um, yeah, no, we love I mean, to do it all day. Yeah, oh, definitely. We could definitely talk about it this weekend. Yeah, but, we'll have um, to do some like content from this weekend from the Reds too. For sure. I, I did I I did want to like touch on like a couple other things real quick before yep. we uh finish it. No, that's why I didn't want to just like
3: keep <laughs> let me rant on. You know, could go on all
2: day about the playoffs
3: <laughs> and all that. You're um, tired of hearing me but, bitch about Blaney.
2: <laughs> no, it's all good. Like <laughs> I I have no problem with it. Like okay. so we talk about it this weekend. But uh um, You're not
3: my wife. She I, has to listen to it.
2: Um, I did did want to just ask you guys in general, though, like, other than, you know, Blaney winning the championship and obvious, like, what what, what was your, like, impression of the season as a whole, like, the racing and what – so two questions. Your impression of the season as a whole, like, do you view it as a successful season for NASCAR? And then question two is just, like, as a fan, what was your top number one favorite moment of the season? Like, I'll give – I'll, I'll just say real quick, like, I thought it was a great season. Like, I thought the racing was awesome. I've, I've said on here a few times, I think the days of like being able to take your Sunday afternoon nap and watch the first 30 laps and the last 30 laps of the race for the most part are over. The obviously things For the right... most part. Yeah. 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 But uh, like, I, I, I think Martinsville. The, the racing. Yeah. The short tracks in general are definitely the. The black eye but uh, other than that like like that's like i was just i i i enjoyed what we uh what we saw this year i I thought it was a great season and for me like the top number one moment of the season for me that that i'll never forget was uh shane van Gisbergen's win in chicago like a guy first career cup start going out and winning his his first cup start on like inaugural track like in I mean, it's just insane. And it's funny enough, that's the one race I actually didn't get to watch live this season. Uh, the other 35 I was able to see. But to me, that's just insane. And that was an iconic moment that we may never see anything like it again. We probably won't, honestly. I so, hope we don't. Chicago yeah.
3: sucked. Derek, what did you <laughs> think? Of Chicago? No, your your takes.
0: Uh, I mean, I thought it was a good season. Uh, obviously, we didn't have as much parity as we saw last year. Um, which I think will kind of be a one-off season in the grand scheme of things um, to see that many different winners um, with a brand new car. But Mm -hmm. no, I thought overall it was a great second season for the next gen. Um, Like, like Travis said, all the races are usually pretty entertaining. Um, There's a handful of tracks and obviously the short track package needs a little bit of work. Um, But like, like you said, every race I thought was pretty entertaining, had some entertaining storyline to keep me focused on it and, and I, yeah, overall, I thought it was a positive, positive year for NASCAR. Um, and if I had to pick one moment that stuck out to me, um, obviously a little biased being there at Wilkesboro, but seeing cup cars back at North Wilkesboro was, was pretty cool.
3: Yeah, no, I, I, I actually agree with pretty much everything you just said, Um I think it was a great season, actually. I know I was just bitching about the playoffs, <laughs> which is unfortunate. I think this season was better than last season. I've really been enjoying it. Um, there's obviously some some bad ones. The first Martinsville, Roval, I didn't like. Sonoma, you know, Watkins Glen, uh, you know, Texas, obviously. But at the same time, Kansas, Daytona, Coke 600, Atlanta, Um, Southern 500, both Darlingtons. I mean, we had some really, really good racing this year. So I got to give NASCAR full credit for that. Um, It was really exciting. And I know I was bitching about the playoffs, but there were some great playoff races too. Uh, I think my kind of number one memory from this season would have been auto club. Um, You know, we're losing race. One of the best races of the year. I was going to say we're losing maybe one of the, maybe the best track we have. On this guy I would argue the only one maybe better right now would be Charlotte but we only get the 600 now because we have the stupid Roval uh um, Talladega Talladega's good I still think Auto Club was better with this new package man it, it like it's so good the past two years were incredible and it's just it was bittersweet because it was great watching the last race there just be such a good race um just like last year's And it was just so sad to just know we're losing it. Um, What was sweet about it? How good the racing was. It was and Kyle Busch getting
2: his first win at RCR as well. That's you know what? That's a
3: great point. Didn't even think about that. Like that was
0: one of the best races of the year for sure.
3: Here's my top five I I have listed out: Um, Kansas one, Daytona two, Coke six hundred five hundred or or the second August yeah August okay um. (laughs) And the five hundreds up there, but um, Coke six hundred was three, Auto Club's four, and Atlanta two as five. Those are my favorites, top fives from this year. Um, yeah, yeah. Overall, great season, man. And I actually like the direction the racing's going. I really hope they can uh, fix that short track uh, package. Hopefully, they can figure out some of the issues with the tires. But other than that, like they're kind of on the right track. So I don't want to like give them too much shit.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean. Yeah. I think the good outweighs any of the bad that we've seen at the short track packages. Agreed. Yeah. And also it was nice to get away from the safety issues that we saw creep up in the middle to end of last point. year. Great point. Uh, I mean, we, obviously that was a huge talking point in the off season and, and NASCAR stepped up to the plate and, and did something about it. Even mid season this year, we saw yep. kind of some safety issues happening there spring Dega with the Kyle Larson, Ryan priest door deal um and then they would allow teams to go in and modify those parts and reinforce them just a little bit more and then obviously we saw a pre-flip at Daytona i'm sure there'll be some safety innovations coming out of that from the offseason season um before we head into the 500 so yeah they did that. they cool. did so
3: good about this, uh, addressing the safety thing that i kind of forgot that it was a thing yeah it was <laughs> That's a huge how good talking
0: point last year and yeah it, it, it was huge it was like doom and gloom at the end of last year honestly yep. so yeah it, we were like everyone's nice going to get die away from that and and like you said people have kind of forgotten about it um, so, yeah, just want to bring that up. That's kind of my last talking point. I'm going to jump out of here uh and let you guys wrap it up if you don't, we all go with that.
2: Well, um, I did – I did. I mean, we can all wrap it up in a second. Like, I'm, we're, we, we can, you know, put a bell on the show. But so, Matt, you said Kansas was your number one race. I don't – me and Derek didn't do our homework and do top fives. But just to wrap it up, Derek, what was your number one race of the season? And I'll give mine and we can get
0: on out. Yeah, I think Auto Club for me. Um, nice. we saw Kyle Busch coming from the back from a speeding penalty, um, able to come back from that and, and win there. So yeah, I think auto club, um, I, I hands down, I think obviously it was so early in the year, people forget about it, but it was a really good race. Gotcha. Um, I think mine would be, mine would be October
2: Talladega, I think would be my number one. That was incredible. and like watching the finish of, of that race unfold. Um, yeah, that's, that's up there. Like I said, Charlotte, Kansas, um, Daytona, August are all up there. But I think October Talladega would be my pick if I had to just pick my best of the season. All right. Love it. Well, Still getting picked well, in.
0: All-season NASCAR picks. I love it.
2: <laughs> well, uh, thanks for joining us, Matt. Yeah, if you want to get any plugs or uh, – Anything for the podcast floor is yours, and we'll uh, we'll call it a show, man. But we really appreciate you joining us, and can't wait to see you and have some cold ones with you this weekend, man.
3: Yeah, very excited about hanging out with y'all this weekend. Uh, I guess if you want to follow me personally, it's at Rattlesnake Techs on Twitter or X or whatever the fuck it's called now. I don't know. Um, but just be warned. I mostly just post about like U of H stuff on there. C.J. So- Stroud, yeah, exactly, big Texans. Guy. You're gonna get annoyed with all my Houston Go Panthers shit. Oh my god, the one <laughs> fucking game. I hated that Um, <laughs> I was oh, you should love you.
2: You should love Derek and the Panthers, by the way, for taking the wrong quarterback. No,
3: trust cool. me, I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> it's, not, one- it's not good. They still have that over I gotta us. I got to get my
0: digs in when I can.
3: They still have that over us because they did beat us like straight up head-to-head.
0: That's, that was rough. <laughs> um, One game so- I wasn't able to watch. I was at the clip. But, yeah, man, it's been fun here chatting with you. We'll have to fire up maybe a cold beers and hot takes episode, bring that back uh, after the race on Saturday. And, uh, yeah, we'll chat some more there. Sounds good. All follow right. the
2: boys at Chair Gaten. Great, they, they have a great show whenever they fire it back up. I know Dakota's been busy. There. <laughs> yeah. They're great dudes. They have an awesome show. So Give them a follow and check them out whenever they go live.
3: Definitely. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on.
0: See you all Saturday. Sir. See you guys. Later.